Hello, my hearty Mike. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Uh, just some traffic updates here. Uh, State Highway Huntley reports of a two car crash on State Highway 1, blocking lanes in both directions, either side of the centre barrier between Oran Road, Overbridge, and McVee Road, Overbridge, Waikato Expressway, Huntley. So please follow directions of emergency services and expect delays there. Also, State Highway 1, Waikanae to Pekapeka northbound, uh, a crash, uh, and due to a crash, a northbound lane is blocked following the Temawana Road on-ramp. Please keep to the left and exercise caution in the area uh, at this time. Also, hundreds of people uh, without power, roads closed in Dunedin as strong winds lash the city. So do let me know uh, what you are experiencing there. You can text me 2101. Well, the next All Blacks coach to be unveiled at four. We'll keep you up with the latest on that. Who is going to be the next All Blacks coach? Uh, We uh, look at that uh, very, very soon. Also, a massive report on climate change out today. The world has less than a decade to stop catastrophic warming. But 18 countries have managed to reduce their emissions. Is New Zealand one of them? That today. Part two into political lobbying by RNZ's Guy and Espiner, this time focusing on political lobbying by alcohol companies. Now, uh, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins faced a barrage of questions on this this afternoon, so very important issue we bring this up. And when was the last time you went to a library? We talk about this on the back of the proposed Auckland Council cuts. Uh, do they have to be as op- Do they have to be open as long as they are? asks Wayne Brown, and this came up in an email to us. Should you push a child to keep going with, say, music lessons, even if they don't want to, or should you give the kid a a choice? Did you get forced to do things when you were a kid? We'd love an answer on this, 2101. With me this afternoon, Joe McCarroll, editor of NZ Gardener. Joe, welcome, and kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. With us also, Raj Chakraborty, novelist, short story and children's writer based in Wellington. Raj, great to have you on. It's been a while. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Joe. Great to be here. Wonderful. Joe and Raj with us today. Now, this is interesting. Each year, over 2,800 dog-related injuries occur each year to Tamariki aged 0 to 14 years, with 170 of these requiring hospitalisation. There is currently no legislation in the country requiring children to have safe spaces from dogs in private spaces or property fencing requirements to prevent attacks from roaming or guarding dogs. But the Ministry for Primary Industries is now asking for submissions uh, on the issue. With us is Emergency Department Dr Natasha Duncan-Sutherland, who's been researching dog attacks since 2014. Dr Duncan-Sutherland, welcome to the panel. Thank you. Interesting issue, the submission's open. Why are dog attacks, especially on children, still increasing? Yeah, that's a really difficult question to answer. Um, What we've looked at in our research is whether that could be because of the population of dogs increasing, which it obviously is. Um, But because there's only data on registered dogs, there doesn't seem to be any relationship between the number of registered dogs and the number of injuries. 
but uh, we don't have data on the number of unregistered dogs, um, and so the number of that might be, you know, might be quite large. As an emergency department worker, what have you personally seen, Natasha? Um, so uh, dog bite injuries are really commonplace um, in emergency departments around New Zealand um, and the sorts of things I would see are adults and children um, who've been attacked by dogs um, in both public and private spaces and they occur in a range of different situations. Um, for example, I've seen a, a two-year-old bitten across the head um, by a German shepherd with its head in the German shepherd's jaw um, I've seen people who are vulnerable walking down the street or in a park um, just attacked by a, a roaming dog um, or somebody Goodness. walking their dog not on a leash Wow uh, and this is not common Two uh, 2,800 dog related injuries occur every year uh, now uh, Raj you're a dog aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Very shocked by these numbers. Um, um, for me, um, as a as part of a dog owning family, you know, the onus falls not on children or on dogs, but on the dog owning adults to um, to fully realize the scale of their responsibility in bringing home a dog, especially if the dog is going to be around children. And mm -hmm. perhaps that is where an awareness campaign's focus could be to make the adult dog owners who are involved aware at how much is at stake in going through the necessary training and taking the right precautions, which would also include preparing your dog uh, to be around the child safely. Well, which would also include preparing your child to be around the dog yeah. safely. Natasha? Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess the other aspect to that too is um, recognition that neither children nor dogs are particularly mature um, and are quite unpredictable as well. Um, and so part of that safeguarding of children uh, is about being able to have adequate fencing for dogs, for example, so they're not roaming and um, causing harm in the community. Uh, it's about ensuring that at times you may not be able to supervise children um, or dogs properly and that they may need to be separated. And one of the things that came through in our research when we asked um, caregivers about um, the value of dogs and the harm that they cause in communities around New Zealand was that um, some people expressed that this was a way that they kept mm. their children safe was just by separating them at times because they weren't able to supervise. Uh, Natasha, kia ora. We will come back to this, but we've got some uh, other news, just breaking news to hand. But for now, thank you so much. That's Emergency Department Dr Natasha Duncan-Sutherland, who's been researching dog attacks uh, since uh, 2014. Well, uh, New Zealand Rugby has announced the next All Blacks coach. It was essentially a two-horse race between serial uh, Super Rugby winner Scott Razor-Robertson and former Highlanders boss Jamie Joseph and Robertson uh, missed out on the top job in 2019 uh, when he missed out to Foster on the top job. With us is rugby writer and RNZ contributor Jamie Wall who can tell us uh, who got the job. Kia ora Jamie. Kia ora Wallace, uh, thanks for having me on. Yep, uh, it's, it's come as not a particularly surprising development that Scott Robertson has got the all-black coaching job. The, the main main surprise is, is how it's sort of come about. 
and the fact that we're doing this now instead of after the World Cup. That's right. Okay, so Scott Robertson uh, has uh, got the job. I mean, is this in line what, say, for example, you as a follower of rugby, is this in line what you would have wanted? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. This is you can't really have a guy like that who's who's garnered so much success in, in domestic rugby and, and and arguably the top domestic rugby competition in the world uh, with a team that would probably beat most test playing nations in the world with the Crusaders and to have won that uh, tournament seven times in a row. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you can't you can't really ignore that. That's um, a pretty impressive body of work. Nonetheless, Jamie, uh, the timing, as you said, is quite unusual. Uh, they wanted to get this done. Do you think this will help or hinder Rugby World Cup preparations, Jamie? What are your thoughts? Really fascinating question. Uh, I, it, it could really go either way. Uh, I think that what you've got now in the All Blacks is a group of players who have backed Ian Foster, the incumbent coach, and their loyalties are tied with with him. And if you if you put aside uh, you know, rugby results and, and and scrutiny and all the scrutiny that we put on the All Blacks. It's, it's simply just a natural human reaction to probably just uh, have your loyalty with yeah. uh, the boss who has shown faith in you and has, has nurtured your careers. So um, that, and that's not just an All Black thing. That's just a, you know, we'd all kind of feel that way. So how they're feeling about this this right now is, uh, is, is, is a big question. And it's something that we're going to be talking about for for, for the rest of the year, I think. Yeah, and Jamie, finally, do you think Scott Robinson Robertson is going to be the game changer that the All Blacks need? There are a lot of issues going on in uh, rugby internationally right now. Do you think that Scott Robinson will really galvanise that team uh, to what they once were? Yeah, I think so. And I think that not just the mm. team itself, but perhaps uh, being the figurehead of New Zealand rugby as an organisation, I think he's going to bring something new and fresh and an attitude that I think a lot of people are going to want to know more about and cling on to. And I think that's exactly what the All Blacks need right now. Wonderful. Kia ora, Jamie. That's uh, Jamie Wall there, rugby writer and RNZ contributor. Jamie Wall there, uh, just uh, on the announcement, uh, just a hand that Scott Robertson is the new... Scott Razor Robertson is the new All Blacks coach there. A lot of uh, response regarding uh, the question is should, if you're, if you're young, primary, primary age school kid isn't quite showing the interest in, say, music lessons, to what degree should you force them? See, I was forced to have lessons. I thought it was very cruel back then. Music has become such a massive part of my life. And so I want to get your views. To what extent should you force kids to take something like music lessons? Text me, 2101. What's your IBT, Joe? Um, <clears throat> I've been thinking about Fijoas, and I've specifically been thinking... And thank you. I've brought some in for this Wallace. This is amazing. And I was going to um, oh. send you an email, Wallace, and say, do you want any Fijoas? But then You're I kidding thought, me? I won't, because then you might say no. So it's like, Fijoas without consent is my way forward, because... <laughs> They are they are piling up. I've got I've had some um, tradespeople around and that they, they insisted they take Fijoas. They must have thought I was a lunatic. Um, and so I'm I'm interested to know anyone got any ideas what I can do with these Fijoas, and or anyone in the Mount Albert area want to do a trade? If you've got figs or limes, text the panel. I want to compile uh, five ideas for Joe. 
2101. Oh, and also, I don't want chutneys and jams. Yeah, no chutneys, no jams. Everyone will be like, chutney, chutney, chutney. I've made enough chutney yeah. for my life. We did an amazing thing with marrows last week. It's time for Fijoas this afternoon. Fijoas. And by the way... Thank you for the gherkins. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a very yeah, homegrown you, panel so far. You don't know what this means to me. You do a good gherkin, Joe. Um, in fact, my little boy calls you the gherkin lady. So there you go. Uh, Raj Chakraborty, I've been thinking. Um, I've been thinking about a lovely book event I attended over the weekend, which was a reading and a Q&A by the current holder of the Booker Prize, the Sri Lankan writer Shehan Karunatilaka. And it was this wonderful, intimate event, free to attend, and he gave truly generously of his time. But what I was most struck by was the reason he was at this particular venue at all, which is a lovely bookshop in our suburb of Karori. But it's not an especially large venue, and nor is it in the city center. And we only learned of Karunatilaka's connection to the bookshop at the event, which is that the partner of the bookshop owner was an old school friend of the author's. And that's what I've been thinking about. Uh, What a wonderful gesture of friendship it was Mm. on so many levels, on the part of an extremely prominent author to do a small, quite a small free event because he was friends with the owner's partner. But also it was an act of friendship towards bookshops in general, And finally, for the bookshop to make such a potentially high-profile event free to anyone who reserved a seat, it was a lovely act of friendship towards the community. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Oh, that is wonderful. It's so wonderful. You always bring your A-game when it comes to I've been thinking, Zaraj. Uh, kia ora, and lovely to have you back. Um, and the you'll be happy to know uh, that the text machine is lighting up with Fijoa. Fijoa. It's, I, don't want it. I, want, I don't want your slices. I don't <laughs> want your chutneys. Pretty please send the Fijoas to Wellington. $14.99. Feel our pain. <laughs> You're kidding me. 15 bucks a kilo in Wellington. You're on the panel. Joe McCarroll and Raj Truckabori. Scott Razor Robinson, the new All Blacks coach.